You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family. Welcome back to the podcast. Man, I hope you're doing terrific. Merry Christmas to you. I hope that your Christmas season worship is terrific. Uh, Whether you're lighting Advent candles at home or uh, reading the Christmas story together, whatever you're doing at home uh, to worship well and stay focused on Jesus. Man, God bless you in it. I hope it bears terrific fruit. And this is a perfect season to invite somebody to church, so I don't want to miss the opportunity to remind you to bring somebody with you on Sunday. Today's podcast, we're uh, we're coming to a close on our Togo testimonies. We had a team of 10 Carterville members. Two of those were Mike and Christy Napper, who are the missionaries in Togo. But we had a team of 10 Carterville members who served for a week in Togo, Africa, uh, representing Carterville and Jesus. And today, Keith Corley, one of those team members, is with me on the podcast to share his reflections. So Keith, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. All right. So I got an icebreaker. Do you ever listen to the podcast? I do listen to the podcast. Okay. So you know what you're signing up for here? I absolutely know what I'm signing up. All right. Great. So Keith, um, I'm very interested to hear how um, your participation in the trip to Togo um, affected you with the Lord, how it contributed to your walk with Jesus. I'll set that. I'll set the stage. This is definitely not your first international mission trip. You've done a lot of short-term mission work. I know that uh, you've been in Guatemala for a lot of those, and maybe other places too. But in uh, just in our, the course of our friendship, we've talked about enough international mission work that I know that is something that that you value highly, something you participated in a good bit. Um, I want to tell everybody kind of how you. I think this is neat. Mm-hmm how you came on board the trip. So it was a Wednesday night. We were at Carterville because you were, I mean, you were, you were faithful at the last minute. So you were not signed up for the Togo trip. And Mike Knapper walked in the fellowship hall. We had one team member that had to back out. We were very concerned that we would not be able to, to change the plane ticket that we'd already purchased. Um, he was just giving me update that uh, due to a mistake on the, uh, on, on their side of the airline tickets, uh, we had a little window if we wanted to switch out with somebody. So I looked up and I saw I saw you in Wednesday night at your table, and man, it was just like a tractor beam, like a spotlight on you for me. I was like, Keith needs to go. I think what I said to you, and of course, you know, I know you well enough that I wouldn't come to every church member with this line, but I walked up and I said, Keith, you got about four hours to change your mind about Africa. And uh, you didn't really miss a beat. You looked up and said, are you serious? And I told you a little bit about it. Um, if my memory serves me correctly, you called me kind of on your way home from Wednesday night church and said, hey, man, we'll talk in the morning, but I think I'm going. And you were, I mean, less than 12 hours, you were, you were on board. Yeah, it was an absolute God thing. So in March or April, when the trip was announced and I was kind of praying through it, I had just gone through a job change. So there was kind of no way for me to know what was going to be happening in my life at that time of the year. Couldn't sign up, yeah. So I I just had to hold back. And um, as much as I wanted to go, and my my wife and family and I prayed about it, I just couldn't say yes because I didn't know it was going to happen. But it is uh, absolutely uh, a God and a Spirit-led thing that you asked that night because I I, I had already planned all of my work through the remainder of the year. And sure enough, those two, two and a half weeks were completely open. um, A week before, the week of, and, and the week after. So... 
uh, absolutely a God thing. And I do remember you talking to me, and I found it kind of humorous because I think it was, uh, I think your last statement was something to the effect of, okay, so you, you talk about it with Amanda, you guys uh, pray about it, and let me know when you say yes. Uh, and, and sure enough, uh, I think Amanda's response, she's also uh, very driven towards foreign missions. Uh, her response was, well, one of the Corleys is going to Africa, so if it's not <laughs> it's you, you, it's me. Uh, so, I love it. So it was pretty funny. That, uh, well, Lindsay, no, no offense here, but Lindsay probably would have rather had Amanda on the team. Lindsay loves your wife. But I'll say this, the guy's one, because Curry definitely would rather have you. No offense, Amanda, but Curry would rather have you on the team. So one of the things you do when you're not on the international field is you're a Sunday school teacher for uh, teenage boys at Carterville. So th- and my son is in your group. So Absolutely. thanks for doing that. All right, so let's talk about Africa. Tell me, tell me for your vantage point, um, some of the things that God did in your life, some of the things that you saw, what are the impressions that were left from this experience on the mission field? Yeah, so like you said earlier, it wasn't my first time on the mission field. However, Africa is very different. The travel was brutal. Oh. I'm not young, so it, it. I will say that my realization very small window from you to me in terms of age, but this is the first trip I think I've ever been on as a Christian. I wasn't saved till I was 28. So first trip I've ever been on, I was the oldest dude on the trip. So um, that's okay. I I act like a 12-year-old, so it works out. Um, But yeah, I I do uh, teach Sunday school, and there's a lot of things I loved about this trip. It was very sports and activity focused. So that was an easy um, kind of sell for me. I, I love doing those things. I love being engaged in those things. I love children. I prefer them older. Um, I, I, I'm not a big, so hope, sorry, uh, Pam, sorry. I, I'm not the kids ministry type. My wife loves it. Uh, but we kind of split that. Uh, I, I enjoy teenagers, uh, and I think she probably doesn't quite enjoy them as much as I do. But um, going to Africa was one of those things that is different but yet the same. I think you and I talked about it on the trip. Nicaragua, Honduras, Guatemala, all of those type of areas, they kind of feel and look the same. So I was used to seeing, like Lindsay talked about on her podcast, I think people randomly walking on the street all day long and being lined up on the streets in the city. That's pretty, I was pretty used to that. So that wasn't a shock to me. Um, But the villages... Now that was a, 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 a beautiful, different. absolutely beautiful thing to me. You you pull up in this white van, you you open the back, and thirty five people want to help you carry things to wherever you need to get them. Um, beautiful people in Africa uh, always want to help, always want to be a part of what's going on, and it's so cool to watch uh, what Christy and and Mike are doing over there. And you stop and pull up, and two hundred people just show up. Yeah. Um, you've talked to the chief, you've gotten permission. You pull up, start doing th- stuff, games, face painting, and 250 to 400 people show up out of nowhere. You have no idea where they even li- You clearly can't see 200 houses or dwelling places, yeah. so it's pretty crazy. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely enjoyable. Uh, a little overwhelming. Um, I think most of the world probably lives the way they do. We assume they live the way we do, and that's just not true. Correct. Correct. So. Yeah. Uh, the two thirds world. I mean, that's what I, you know, we used mm-hmm. to say third world countries, and I think that's a little offensive. And uh, I yeah. recognize that, you know, that's more accurately, we should talk about them as the two thirds world economically, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing is you take the economics out of it, like trade trade houses, you know, trade bank accounts, take the cars and the clothes out. And uh, man, there's still a beautiful faith, some very committed Christians to the same Jesus 
And that's just, that's inspiring to me, you know, and it, it makes me also realize how much of my own identity maybe that I locate in the material goods around me. And mm. it's just a good, good chance to shake that off um, and remember who we are uh, in our core. Yeah, I think it's a, a stark reminder for me, especially at the Christmas season. Here we are. We just kicked off, had the, had the big music yeah. uh, deal on Sunday. Hey, thanks for singing the choir, by the way. You uh, look great up there in your black shirt and red tie. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, I probably didn't sound great, but uh, it's good. I, I have camouflage. From, so where I, from where I sat, you sounded terrific. That's right. That's right. Camouflage is fantastic. Um, but no, we, we uh, uh, Brother Chris does a great job with that group, obviously. Uh, I love being in the choir. Music is one of those things that, that speaks to me uh, and that I love to worship through, so I'm gra- glad to do it. But um my reminder through this Christmas season as we start to kick all this off, and you talked about that at the beginning of this podcast, is that um, you know Christ came for a reason, and it wasn't just for Americans. And I think we, we tend to struggle to get out of that realm. But at the same time, you reminded us on the trip many times that he did also come to save Americans. And it's mm-hmm. much harder, I think, um, to share the gospel here oftentimes than it is other places. I wonder why. Um, I had my theory, but I, I, I asked the question yeah. rhetorically. I think we all have some theories, um, but I'm grateful that I get to go to Africa because it's a recharge for me. Yeah, um, That's one of the things it does do for me. I get to watch those pastors, uh, who those national pastors from Africa who have absolute zeal. I mean, the Dominiques and the Josephs, and the, they're 100 miles an hour all the time, and it's all about sharing who Christ is through the things that they're doing. Um, and it's like a shot in the arm for me. So when I come back, I want to get more into doing it here where I live, as I do the things that I do, as I work, as I become a part of other things. Yeah, um, It's a recharge. So uh, you and I talked a little bit about just the scope and scale of infrastructure and buildings related to the project over there. You're a safety guy. You've, I mean, you've spent your career in factories and industry settings. Um, you're also a safety guy. Like I think that's your niche mm-hmm. is that, that you travel to do safety work. Um, wonder, I, I wonder what you thought when the base camp was being built. And let's just say their safety protocols are different than what we're accustomed to over here, right? Yeah. I mean, guys, guys are 30 feet in the air, you know, with, with no, no support. No. But, all right. But they know what they're doing, I guess. All right. So I was impressed, and I think you and I talked about this a little bit, with just how much concrete was being poured for churches, feeding centers, water wells, you know, the, the base camp. It was amazing how fast the ministry was taking physical shape to give space. It's also kind of a testimony to the development of these outreaches in a village that turns into a church, that turns into a church group mm-hmm. that meets inside a building with a pastor. It's just kind of neat to see it being that productive that fast. Yeah, I think, what is it? They told us a year. From in, a, a in year one of you go spaces, in, yeah. you have... 200, um, uh, an anasime, I think is where it was. You, you had 50 more or more people show up. Once they get to 50, they're like, okay, so Let's, here's a water well. Here's a, here's a feeding center. Here, here's a, I don't remember what they called the arena. The little multi-purpose yeah, space. Yeah, and then a church. Yeah. Uh, all, all in less than a year. It's crazy. And what, what's really nuts to me, so yes, safety is not the same over there. Um, it freaks me out a little bit because I love people and, and I know what happens to people when mistakes happen. So it scares me. Uh, you chose with Curry to, to climb one of those makeshift ladders. Oh, that ladder was so safe. Uh, so w- safe. Yeah. Okay. We'll go with that. So um, <laughs> I will say I wouldn't get on that ladder, but uh, I do think it was pretty substantial. But the thing that is amazing to me when you talked about the speed is 
when we showed up to that site, which they've sent us more pictures of since oh. we were there, yes. and tons of concrete's been poured. What people on this podcast can't understand is there was no concrete mixing truck. Oh, that's right. There was nothing backing up with loud beepers saying, hey, I'm about to pour these four <clears throat> tons of concrete out of this truck for you. It was guys running around with wheelbarrows full of rocks. And shovels. And dumping them on top of the concrete mix and putting a hose in the center of it and taking shovels and turning it over until yep. it becomes pourable concrete. And it was amazing. Mm -hmm. how amazing how good those guys were at what they, and how hard Absolutely. they were. All right, so um, I want... Unless you've got something else you want to do right nope. now, I want to do top five. Keith Corley, top five. You've heard the other podcast. So yep. um, I don't think I did a top five with Mike. I, I, I forgot that. But he also is the missionary, so it's <laughs> yeah. not new for him. Yeah. So I'll set you up while you're thinking. A couple of Ben's Keith Corley moments, all right? Number one on the list is the uh, the day that just before the rainstorm, Keith Corley taught the entire village uh, how to floss. You were a dance instructor. Yep. <laughs> So yeah. that that's a silly moment that you probably should stay in Africa. But the kids there were terrific dance. Like they're it like it was just what you I don't know. It's hard to explain. Yep. These kids had some dance moves that were just remarkable. You know that you could imagine were part of their culture, right? Yep. And so the kids were dancing around playing, and they were trying to teach the Americans to dance. And so the Americans to, to like kill some time and engage, and make friends. We're teaching them to dance. And then you look up across the field. Somebody said, I wish any of us knew how to floss. And 50 yards away from everybody else was Keith Corley, who heard it and smiled and obliged. And it was a funny scene to watch. Yep. So uh, that was that's one. Number two, you were the back seat of the van. Uh, so you got the roughest ride every time. You were, you were getting yep. banged around in the back. Uh, but just... You, you you held down that spot, and uh, you listened to your worship music. Sometimes you harassed Curry sometimes, but you survived. You made it work. Number three, we were there during World Cup, and you were our soccer guy. And uh, we had one day was a soccer tournament where our team was uh, to play soccer during intermission against the Togolese national guys. You were our, our MVP, so it was exciting to go towards soccer season knowing that we had you on the team. Yeah, that's a couple of, couple of my Keith Corley highlights. Yeah. But probably the biggest one for me is none of that. It's it's when we'd be in a village doing the outreach, uh, and you just were playing with kids, and you're playing kid with kids in a way that was natural to you, uh, that was not forced, that was fun, that let them know that you loved them well too. You truly were a like a 48 year old big kid, and uh, that Absolutely. was that was a ton of fun. All right, so that's my Keith Corley moments. What are your top five? Yeah, so. Um my first one really is more business oriented and, and I'll get that one out of the way. And that is uh, the speed and the efficiency at which Mike and Chrissy Knapper run that ministry and Trailhead and, and uh, what was the uh, sports ministry? Um, I don't remember. I don't remember. Starts with an A. I can't okay. remember it. I'm, I apologize. Um, but the efficiency at which they work. Uh, it's amazing to me. So that that's my first. My second is the development and, and the blessing it is to watch Mike engage and build and grow the national pastors over there uh, yeah. and their families. They're just like over here. Um, no pastor does it on his own. Uh, we all know that Lindsay is as big a part of this ministry uh, at Carterville as you are. Uh, your children certainly are growing into taking bigger parts of that as well. Um, so it's a family deal. And I think over there you get to see the same thing. It's so cool to watch their families grow into that. Um, getting into the more fun side of things. Uh, I honestly, as I told you earlier, I, I am a big kid. Um, and I love watching children, uh, youth engage. 
So I loved playing soccer with their youth, but I also loved being a part of Curry's life, even as his Sunday school teacher, as a friend with Curry. Um, Watching him change, grow, and develop even through the week that we were over there. He went from being uncomfortable, I'm not really sure how this works, Uh, there's nobody my age here, right, I'm the weirdo, to figuring out that there's a 47-year-old, 15-year-old in the group. So um, he and I uh, really got close. Uh, I enjoyed being with Curry and watching him develop. But man, watching him loosen up and finally start to play with those kids and just letting it all hang out is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think the other one is, uh, and I think uh, one of our uh, other team members, Evan, said it a lot. Um, it wasn't just that day under the awning where it was raining, but that certainly was a highlight. Um, but watching the joy and the way that the African people use song and dance, to me, is amazing. And it's absolutely one of those things that's infectious yeah it was neat to be in i think the two church services we were in on sunday mm-hmm. um you know some of the hymn singing is a lot like our hymn singing and then some of the more <laughs> upbeat songs were just i mean a party it was fun people were dancing and singing and it was an yeah. absolute hoot uh that, that the memory in my brain is that little girl in the yellow yeah 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 just shaking that gourd with those beads on it and just <laughs> loving every minute of it yes yeah, sure. um such a blessing to watch uh because it is it's a joy it's a joy for them it's a joy for us and i think the other part of it is again going back to um it's a re- it's a reminder for me um the U.S. is not alone. We like to think we are. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes we don't we don't want to think that way, but we tend to just get lost in all of our yeah. stuff. And you know, I'll say this: like even on the same side of the ocean, we wind up unintentionally isolating ourselves mentally right. from some of the people around us who aren't in our same circle. Um, whether it's through racism, classism, sexism, whatever, right? It could it could be. Um, any number of things that cause us not to appreciate, recognize, value, or think about um, you know, somebody that you're going to encounter in the next couple of weeks. You know, but I'll say this. It's so neat to know that in the, in the age to come, all nations will praise God together with, a t- with I assume, one tongue. And it's going to be amazing to be able to hear my Togolese brothers um, praising Jesus and, and me be able to understand what they're saying. But it, it is neat to close that gap for a moment to get a glimpse kind of of the future, to see a little snapshot of the age to come, even while we're living in this age. So it was neat. Thanks a ton for going. I love the way you signed up. I love the faith that it took to look up literally a couple of weeks before we went and say, I'm in. Uh, It was really awesome to me for Curry Sunday School teacher to be on the trip. Um, Just I had no, I had no idea how much impact that would have, just the dynamic of the relationship, how valuable that would be to him, uh, maybe to you, but certainly to him. Uh, but thanks. Keith, I'm really thankful that you went. You were a terrific part of the team. And uh, welcome home. I pray God will use you in great ways this year. I appreciate the encouragement and the reminder and the availability that Carterville gives us to be able to do these things. Yeah, right on. Thanks, man. Well, church family, no doubt this podcast episode was beneficial to you. So I hope that you'll share it with some other people. Let them know uh, about what God has done in Keith's life and through Keith and through Carterville. So share this podcast episode, and I cannot wait to see you as we gather for worship on the first day of the week. I'll see you Sunday.